Hello. Welcome to another edition of Simmons on Sports. Our first segment, we're going to spend some time talking about uh, the obvious uh, effect of the coronavirus on the NBA and uh, other professional sports leagues in terms of what they're trying to do to restart. Um, When I looked at the NBA's situation, the NBA is concerned in terms of the fact that if this isn't done correctly, it could not only affect their season this year, but it could also affect next season because the dynamics and the way in which the league schedules things has put them in a position to where since they delayed the season for 30 days, the farther back it moves, the more it moves into a situation where it can affect the next season. So you have that dynamic in addition to whether or not to play games uh, with fans, without fans, um, how the players feel about that, um, if the fans would be okay with watching games televised um, without a crowd or uh, that sort of background noise or the you know seeing the fans in seats. Um, I'm of the opinion that it's more of a psychological issue in terms of that. Um, you know, I think when people turn to watch to an NBA game, they're watching the players, but they're also watching or in tune to the fans and seeing those seats filled and people jumping up and hearing intermittent, you know, cat calls out of the crowd toward the players. So that has an important uh focus as well as the fans uh, also motivate players in terms of um, after you've made a great play or uh, if they're you know pleading to get their team back into a game um, it's a very touchy dynamic and I'm not sure um, how the league uh, wishes to address that or how they're going to um, look at the effect of it or what it would have on the players and the quality of the basketball being played. Um, also, you also have an issue in terms of testing. For example, if you're going to test players, um, you know, you'd have to do that and keep them also sequestered. And when I say sequestered, I mean, they're going to have to be someplace where they have been tested, but they're not going to make be in contact with other people who could possibly make them test positive or get ill. And then we also don't know um, whether or not it's a situation where um, people can be uh, can catch it again or if it can be caught severely or if you've developed antibodies to it or if it's a different strain. So the, the testing sounds like a, a, a good idea, but if the background part of that doesn't change, it really doesn't uh, matter much because if the players have access or or deal with people who haven't been tested, then what's the point of being tested? So the league is running, you know, having some issues with that um, because they're just not sure um, how to, you know, keep players away from the general public uh, while this is uh, going on. And so uh, it's really getting to be a difficult situation in terms of making the kind of uh, decisions it would make to see what the 2020 season or championship would look like. Because, uh, you know, of course, there's a big money issue on the line, but then there's also um, the addressing of the legitimacy of a champion. For example, um, if you want a championship underneath or under these circumstances, how would it, you know, appear in history? How would it look in terms of um, if you had a truncated season and then somebody just rose out of the ashes and won a championship? Um, trust me, the players and the coaches and all those, you know, people wouldn't care. <laughs> you get a win, you get a championship any way you can get it. But historically and going and, uh, uh, in terms of the value of winning that way, um, that could be problematic. And so uh, historically, you want to make sure that people realize or take 
under consideration the fact or into consideration the fact that it was a truncated season based upon the circumstances surrounding this pandemic. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's hard to ascertain uh, whether or not people would respect this championship or champion if during a truncated season um, somebody came out of the woodwork and suddenly adapted better to the season restarting and ends up winning a championship. Um, it's an interesting question. Of course, like I said, as a basketball guy, uh, I can tell you any way you win a championship is okay <laughs> because they're not easy to get. So at any moment or any time that somebody wins a championship, it, it, I don't think it should be scoffed at. But at the same time, I understand how historically people can have some serious questions about that. So it's a very difficult dynamic that the NBA is going to have to uh, deal with. Uh, as far as Major League Baseball goes, it's a, uh, a complicated situation as well. Because uh, the farther this goes on or the longer this lasts, it puts the league in a position of they haven't even started up yet. And so they are going to have to figure out um, how they're going to um, you know, begin a season or restructure the number of games played, or uh, truncate a playoff. It's you know it's going to be complicated for Major League Baseball as well, because uh, of the the timing in which this all hit, because it's now affected uh, baseball in terms of its startup, and it may end up being a good thing, um, at least for the short term, because I know that you know baseball plays 162 games. When you talk about that many games over the course of like, I don't know, six, six months, um, people and fans can lose interest or just view every game as being uh, similar in terms of its uh, duration, in terms of uh, its excitement level. Because playoff baseball, in my opinion, is always uh, among the best uh, thing to watch because of the Uh, intensity of it. Every pitch matters, every play matters, all that kind of stuff. The regular season kind of is like whatever. (laughs) Because over over the course of 162 games, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of average play or guys, you know, just showing up to, you know, play a game. Um, Where this is going to get interesting for Major League Baseball is do they... uh, make it a shorter season and then a longer playoff or, uh, you know, leave the playoffs the same and then, you know, make the season short. Um, It's going to vary on a lot of different things. And so uh, the complication for them is to figure out a way that's going to work best because for baseball, weather becomes an issue um, going toward uh, the winter months. So as you start heading toward into September and October and all that kind of stuff, then the weather comes into play because, you know, in certain states, depending on who, you know, what team would get to the uh, World Series, you could be having situations where you've got bad weather and, you know, you got rainouts and you've already had a season where you've missed a bunch of games and then you'd end up having to miss games during the World Series or the playoffs. And that's it's at this point, that's probably not uh, acceptable. So uh, they have some complications and things to figure out as well. Uh, when you talk about the NFL, the NFL probably is in the best position right now in terms of uh, how they're going to deal with this uh, pandemic because the NFL hasn't started yet. And so for them, what could be interesting is moving the, if they had to move the season back or move training camp back, where they had the opportunity because, uh, you know, the NFL season typically starts in September. Um, if they were able to start camp by August, they could probably just move stuff back maybe a month or whatever, and then they would be able to just go right into the season, you know, based on how this is done. But then again, you have the other dynamic of, uh, you know, when this when they're going to allow people to uh, gather in, you know, together in terms of stadiums, because I think football probably more than any other sport, the fans are a very integral part of the process. Um, 
you know, it, when you got a Raider home game, you know, we all know how the black hole and all these people who uh, are Oakland Raider fans are just, you know, or have been Raider fans, or excuse me, Las Vegas Raider fans, how uh, they react uh, to, to the Raiders and how they can uh, affect the game. And so I'm not sure if football, uh, from an aesthetic standpoint, can handle not having fans. Um, to me, like I said, if I'm watching any sort of sporting event, I'm focused on the field anyway. I don't really see the fans. I don't really notice them or care much about them. I'm focusing on the product. Um, but I know a lot of people don't view things that way. Um, they watch the game for the atmosphere, hence the um, popularity of NCAA uh, uh, March Madness. Because I know people who watch it just because of the rah-rah and, you know, the college kids yelling and screaming and the cheerleaders on the sideline and all that kind of stuff. Um, but like I said, to me, that's not that, that's not what I even watch it for. I That doesn't, you know, affect me in any way because, in, you know, I'm more interested in watching the game itself. But uh, football, I could actually see where not having fans could uh, affect the game or the quality of the game or the... Uh, you know the, the the drawing of watching it. You know I can see where it could take the fun out of it or make it seem more antiseptic, and that in itself would be an issue that could affect uh, football in terms of when or how or if they want to reopen. But one thing for sure, uh, this virus has or this coronavirus situation and this pandemic has caused uh, sports or and entertainment. They're going to have to rethink a lot of the things that they've taken uh, for granted over the years, because the truth is that without question, um, it's going to require some very innovative thought to uh, get uh, back on the beam in terms of sports and entertainment. It's not going to be easy. So, um, you know, my sincere hope is that they can make this a... uh, they have a, a smoother trend or a smooth transition back into getting back into the swing of things in terms of sports and entertainment. Um, the one sort of weird knockoff of all this is uh, even what I'm doing, <laughs> which is the advent of people doing podcasts and the people doing other different things to innovate, um, in, to innovate the way in which the public uh receives its sports or sporting news, um, this has all become now a very uh, spread out or uh, diversified process. Uh, You have got people that are coming up with very innovative ways uh, to maintain uh, the entertainment part of what it is that we do uh, when, you know, in in terms of broadcasting sports or sports talk or any of the other stuff. And, uh, you know, that may end up being a good thing because, you, you know, uh, the way in which sports is delivered and uh, how people deal with it in terms of their consumption, it's going to make a, uh, it's important to figure out different ways of doing things because when stuff like this happens, it affects the way that uh, people receive it, accept it, or even their, uh, you know, interest in it can make a difference. And that's what I think is special about this situation. Because there's going to be, just like anything else in life, when you have adversity or stuff that pops up, you're going to um, come up with different innovative ways to, to do what it is that you wanted to do in the first place. And uh, I think for for the most part, sports in itself is going to have to rethink um, the way that it does things. Because if it doesn't, um, there's a risk of fans not coming back. And I know that sounds, you know, like a foreign thought process, but honestly, um, there is the possibility that people have found other things to entertain them. And they, they may not come back as quickly, or if at all. And so sports is going to have to figure out a way to combat that by being more innovative. So I think that's actually a good thing may come out of this, um, you know, based on the circumstances. So um, thanks for listening to segment one. Uh, We're going to do another segment here. 
following this uh, brief break. Thanks a lot. Hello, do I got Big DK on the line? DK on the, on the line, tell me what's on your mind. What's up, Big Daddy? How you doing, man? Welcome to the Sports Radio Podcast. How you feeling tonight, big fella? I'm well. I'm well. How about yourself, man? What's, what, what's going on there, man, in, in the Big 209? Is that where you at? <laughs> yeah. I was calling in the Big City? California. In Big Stock Town, baby. <laughs> you are uh, funny. To give you a little background about this this gentleman. Uh, me, he and I have a long, long relationship. We go all the way back to childhood, and one of the best moments uh, that we spent or time we spent together was uh, when we used to work at a water slide. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! Yeah, so some things you got to take to the grave, man. Some things you got to take to the grave. We ain't going to get too descriptive. But I want to let the folks know that, you know, we, we got some time in together, but I want to get into detail because that could cause some issues. So I wasn't going there. I wasn't going there. Yeah. Uh, well, to kind of get things rolling, man, I, I just wanted to uh, – Give the people a little bit of background. Let you know that you know. Let them know that you went to Edison. Uh, you were, you know, uh, you played for Coach Washington. Uh, yeah. Give the people out, you, my listeners, an opportunity to understand what it was like when you played at Edison and the atmosphere and the coaching and the players you played with and all that kind of good stuff. Man, lay that down for them. Well, uh, so most of my work work ethic and uh, training that I that I learned on on hard work and and uh, and uh, my work ethic I got from Edison High School with working with coach Washington and all the predecessors before me that uh, that played before me I um, I watched those cats way back when I was in junior high and elementary I always wanted to be uh, like one of those guys at Edison High School when they play when the when the bands the marching bands start playing that don't 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 and then and then you come running out man ooh it just some chills down my spine to see the dudes that hit their band come out like that. And we go out and put a whooping on Stag and then Lincoln and oh man! <laughs> oh my goodness! You just yes, I said, I said it. I said oh, it. I said it. Yeah, but, uh, I'm gonna give some feedback on that, but that's all right. But, but you know what happened, man? They they we had three days back then, and uh, we start early in the morning, and uh, uh, Coach Washington. Uh, each one of those three-day practices, we have a bull in the ring. We had that Oklahoma drill. I don't mm. even know if you remember the bull in the ring, man. That was uh, that was pretty treacherous. I saw guys lose their whole careers right there with the bull in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you mention that because when I was trying to play, I, I gave up playing football when I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because I do you know the answer is because I was too big at twelve years old to even play pop water. I was too big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was six two, about two hundred and five pounds, and it just wasn't gonna happen for me to get to one forty. Right, right, right. So and that's why that's why in the eighth and ninth grade I didn't play football right. any longer you know i after my seventh grade year i was yeah. i couldn't get, i couldn't keep my weight down like i couldn't get down that far That's <laughs> See, those, are big, those are big fella problems the average person don't get all that they don't understand man yes I understand, it. I understand it i mean you and i see eye to eye and as far as that kind of thing, you're, you're good and your, your mom and dad boy they, they they show too good care of you you and Jeff, man, they, she, they took good care of y'all over there, boy. They just had some good riddles <laughs> over at the house, brother. <laughs> now, tell some of the people, like when you talk about guys that you looked up to when you came there, because all of us 
used to go to the Edison High School games and, you know, watch the guys like Willard and Tubby Harrell and all them cats. What what people did you look up to and say, hey, man, I want to be that guy? Well, you know, God, man, there's so many, man. We have so yeah. many pro- prolific, prolific athletes come through Stockton that was just right. – just awesome, man. I mean, uh, I saw I saw Ricky Jackson, uh, not Ricky Jackson. Uh, uh, oh man, yeah, but Ricky played. Uh, uh, Ricky was about three or four years ahead of me, and uh, as running back, I seen him just just light light up Stag and Franklin, and man, this cat was just dynamite, bro. Then we we had. Uh, Oh man, it's just so many man that just came out of Stockton that I, you know, man, I got memory problems. I can't even think of everybody's names off the top. Well, you of my remember? Head, I know you. You realize that seventeen players have gone to the NFL at some point that were that went to Edison High School. You know that, right? Yes, 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 I do. Now yes, here's do. the thing: I did an article about that on my uh, uh, on my media page. And the one thing that did surprise me was Edison has the second highest most number of professional athletes to come out of one high school in Northern California. Wow, who's uh, who's first? Good, because I knew he was going to ask that. <laughs> I want to know who's first. Right? No, I might be a second one. It's going to be a surprise to you because there's not many of those guys that were that it didn't happen for them in our era or close to our era, but it was Berkeley High School. Really? Yes. They had 18 guys. And they was always always scared to play us. (laughs) We couldn't get them on the schedule. Uh, uh, Castlemont would always volunteer volunteer to come down to the slaughterhouse. <laughs> Edison has more uh, former high school players that went to the NFL than even De La Salle, which surprised me. I didn't realize wow. that. Yeah. Wow. But I didn't know that either. Yeah. Edison's been, they, they leave everybody in Northern California except Berkeley High. Now, Berkeley, for example, High, got whole, Berkeley High got a whole bunch of pretty boys, man. Come on now. <laughs> I remember when my brother was a senior, him and Dennis Edwards were playing. At, at, right. You were on that team as a sophomore, right? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. I, I really looked up to them too, man. Uh, when they when they came uh, when they came out and uh, went to USC. Um, I jumped on, uh, what's his name? Hack, uh, what's his name? Hack. Paul Hackett. Paul Hackett. Paul Hackett. Paul Hackett was, uh, was always around campus, wanted, wanted to dial Dennis in, wanted to dial Jeff in. And I said, man, you, you, you don't, I said, don't fall asleep on me, little fella. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I said, mean, you taking this, you whining and dining these fellas. You got to take care of your boy over here because I'm coming too. Well, what was funny to me back in that time, because I remember uh, when Coach Hackett would come out to our house, and sometimes he would come to our house right after he came from Dennis's house. Right. And one of the things that he would always say was he was trying to talk me into playing football. <laughs> and oh, I told him, I said, hey, man, that unfortunately that boat doesn't sail because – I've been playing basketball ever since I couldn't play football. I just jumped into baseball and, and basketball and never came back. But Coach Hack was like, look, man, if you ever consider putting them pads on, let a brother know. <laughs> well, you know, that's funny. that's funny you say that because everybody's all on and on about Zion. And I'm just looking around saying, man, Kevin <laughs> – Kevin was doing all this way before Zion came along. Come on now, get he was he, he was Chocolate Thunder before Chocolate Thunder was even out. Come on now, let's, let me preach. Oh yeah, man, but you know, well, you know, you know, I'm speaking the truth too. Well, the person that you came on, I was gonna have an old college teammate named James Donaldson, 
come on tonight, but he wasn't feeling his he wasn't feeling very well. So he had to call in on me. And yeah, that's how I ended up you that, were called. He don't have that corona, do we? No, no. He has a uh, he had to have a, uh, a thing done on his diaphragm, and it makes it difficult for him to breathe at times because his diaphragm causes. Because you know James is like seven foot three. You know that he's huge. He's seven three, uh -huh. like three hundred pounds. And so he has an issue with his diaphragm, and when he has uh, problems clearing out because it, it it gathers like a, a some sort of fluid, and he has trouble with it. He you know he it, he makes him short of breath, and he didn't want to come on and talk and be short of breath. But anyway, one of the jokes that all these cats always hit me up with now is they say that Zion is my love child. <laughs> Boy, it look like you spit him out. <laughs> look like you spit him out. I promise you that. <laughs> See, that's the part. That's the part that always makes me laugh. Because one of my homies was like, "Well, Kev, you know, dang, Kev, that cat walk like you. He run like you." I don't think he would look like you. You ever been to South Carolina? I'm like, man, stop talking, man. Good play. That's your kid. That's your kid, man. <laughs> That's your child, Quit playing, man. Quit playing. Not funny. <laughs> okay. So, man, I'll leave that alone. I'll leave it after alone. Edison, after Edison. But see, I wasn't around because I was in college. How did that whole thing end up with you ending up at University of Nevada, Reno? Break that well, down for me. Well, uh, first of all, I, you know, I was uh, I was a blue chip All American coming out of uh, Edison High School. Right. I was I was looking at USC to come on out. Uh, Paul Hackett came and, and 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 did a face to face lunch with me and told me and and and, uh, and that you know you are not the prototype offensive lineman we want. We want we want a six five six six. Uh, 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 you know, three and a quarter type of guy. You, you don't fit the bill. You only six two, uh, um, six three maybe, maybe a six three, and um, uh, you don't fit the bill. I said, okay, man, I'll move on. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, so uh, Nebraska uh, wanted me. Uh, U of A wanted me. Uh, Nevada. Uh, and um. Uh, Boise, I never would take a trip to Oklahoma where Coach uh, Switzer was. He 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 won't let me. He won't let me live that down either. He said, "Man, you should have came to <laughs> you should have came to the OK Corral, and you let you let Osborne at least. You gave him a trip. You gave Osborne a trip. You wouldn't even take a trip, man." Now he ended up. Coach Switzer ended up coaching you later on, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my oh, God! Okay. Uh, we'll get to Dallas. that. We'll yeah, get yeah. to that. I just wanted to bring that one up. So how did, you, how did you end up deciding on, on Nevada Reno? How did you get there? Well, it, uh, it was like this, man. Osborne said, man, you're not going to play uh, until your red shirt, fifth year, senior year. That's Ooh. when you – he said, I got, I got nothing but all Americans in front of you, man, and I'm just giving it to you like it is. And I said, I, I appreciate you just giving it to me straight, Coach Osborne. I, I you know, but much respect and love to you because you just instead of being a used car salesman like like most of these cats are, you should yeah. be to me straight, you know. And I'm I'm gonna enjoy my trip here in this uh, twelve foot of snow. <laughs> wow! What time of year did you go? What time of year did you go down there? January, mid January. Oh, I was down up in the. Uh, up there in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, man, I said, oh, he put me on a plane with JJ, JJ from Good Times. Man, my ribs was hurting. I laughed so hard the whole flight, man. I said, dude. You was there with JJ Walker? You yeah, were with JJ Walker? Yeah, they had me in first class with JJ Walker all the way, all the way uh, from, uh, from from the, uh, they flew me to LA from Stockton on a prop, uh, on a prop, a crop bust uh, duster to to <laughs> LA, and then they they got me on the big plane to go from LA to Nebraska, man. So anyway, I come out of there. He gave me gave it to me straight. Had a good trip. I come out of there. Went to to the U of A. I said, well, maybe I'll just uh, take this trip to the U of A and uh, go ahead and be in the Pac-10. Well, I get down there. They said, okay, we gonna we gonna do uh, do this right. We gonna uh, hook you up a 
a big batty caddy. And um, I said, let me see the cat. Let me see the Cadillac first. <laughs> so they let me see the Cadillac. It was it was one of them. Uh, what is them? The, the, the pink Cadillacs they do with Mary Kay products. Uh, <laughs> said, yeah. said, go yes, sir. Yes, sir. I said, man, I said, man, y'all got to be, it was white interior with pink outside. They said, don't worry about the, uh, the pink, man. One of our, one of our uh, boosters donated the car. Now it's yours. Uh, We're going to have it painted the same color as the team colors. Which it was that real dark that real dark uh, U of A blue. I said, right. you know what? I said, that thing don't work then. You paint it like that, you got a deal. They said, well, <laughs> we, we get it. We, <laughs> we what you that mean? So are you telling me, are you telling me that you wouldn't have driven around in a pink caddy? Oh, forget about <laughs> it. That's a deal. That's a, that's a deal changer right there. <laughs> that's a deal breaker. No. You're killing so, me. So listen, listen, man. So I uh, get back to town. I'm getting ready to, to do my letter of intent thing uh, the week before. And uh, just before, a week before letter of intent day, my my guy got fired. And the new guy coming in says, no, nah, we don't want you, DK. You, you're not on our recruiting list. Forget about it. I said, okay. Let me get I thought I was done for these trips. I was kind of, you know, I was done with the trips. So I said, let me go to Boise and take a trip. And I uh, went to Boise and uh, that trip went bad because I took one of the uh, snowmobiles. They, they took us up in the mountains on a, uh, a snow snowmobile riding. I took a snowmobile off one of the mountains and, uh, and, uh, no. Yeah, no, yeah. So no. it, was, it was the fastest one too. They is the fastest one, and I, you know, you you on a snowmobile. I don't know you if you understand. I, when you go into a to a turn, you got to lean into the turn. You understand what I just said? Right, right. When you're in the snowmobile, you ride like a motorcycle. When you turn, you turn the sleds. You got to lean into the turn. Well, this okay. time I didn't. This one turn, I didn't lean into the turn. And this thing went off the off the mountain. I jumped off and caught me a tree. And I looked down. That that snowmobile tumbled about oh, no. 2,000, 3,000 feet down. I said, oh Lord. Oh. So uh, the, the all the dudes I was beating uh, in the uh. mountain. They said, man, you can jump on ours and go back, but man, you got to tell this story on how you done messed up the best snowmobile they ever had, man. You got to tell it. And so the, the booster said, no worries, man. I, on it. I wanted to get another one I've been looking at anyway. I said, okay. I said, I like your attitude, bro. Well, the coach didn't. The coach was pissed because I done messed up the dang snowmobile and he berated me all the way down off the mountain, all the way back to school. I said, well, you don't have to ever, you don't ever have to worry about seeing me again, bro. I said, and when we do play boys at state, wherever school I go to, boy, I'm, I'll make sure we're gonna run a screen your way. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm taking you out. <laughs> 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 Ooh, I can't wait. Now that's the story. That's see, now that's one of those kind of stories, like I said, that sticks with you. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. When something like that happens, um. Now, who was the head coach at that time at Boise? Oh I, I man, it, it, it's just can't remember. It's too far back, man. I can't. I can't okay. remember back because okay. I mean, by time I by time I did uh, get it, break the lineup in Nevada, I, he was they, that staff was gone anyway. Okay, because that's what I was going to ask. Exactly <laughs> what I was going to ask you was if you ended up running across that coaching staff. I wanted to know that. <laughs> no, that staff was gone anyway. So you know it. Okay. Okay. So because uh, I know you, I know you yeah. well enough to know that if you would have played against them cats, they would have had some problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was petty. I, I was petty like that. But anyway, I know. I know <laughs> but anyway, I know anyway, uh, I had one more trip to take. Um, I get back home. I said that trip didn't go too well. I said, dang, I got I got. Well, I had two more trips to take. I went to Nevada. And, uh, man, they made a big – the whole city and everybody made a big deal of me being there and going there. And uh, I said, oh, well, yeah, I'm thinking about it. I'm not too sure. Modi was there. 
uh, Derek Thomas was there, and um, man, we had we had it's like I had a whole bunch of whole bunch of home hometown boys there. I said this ain't may not be right. too bad, but ah, this this is this is D one two A. I said oh, I'm not sure if I'm going here, and uh, so I said let me take this one more trip and let me see what's going on. I had one more trip to take before the, you know, this is a week and a half, two, uh, less than two weeks uh, before 11 to the day. I'm squeezing in all these trips. Here it is, uh, BYU. Um, I had to take a trip to BYU, and um, I took a trip to from Stockton to the Bay Area, and I was on the phone okay. call constantly with the uh, recruiter. That was recruiting me, and they was talking about me. Was that Cal or somebody? Who was that? I forget who that person was, but they was well known. Okay. That that they they were well. He was. They were all well known up there. They was doing well back then too. And right. that, and that right. was also Mister uh, Mister Steve Young's class as well. Uh, that right. was, was coming in. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, I get to the bay, man. I said, you know what, man. They want me to change my religion. They want me to do too many changes of my life <laughs> to, to, to go to, to the Brigham Young. I said, but they are winning. They are winning. That's a plus. Uh, but I think, uh, shoot, now I'm going to shut it down and go ahead and go to Nevada. And uh, this, okay. this way my family can come see me play. And, and, and of course, uh, my, 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 my high school sweetheart, she can, I can still have my relationship with her as well. So okay. yeah, I said, you know what, I'm gonna shut it down. So I left I left out of the bay and came right back to Stockton on a a crop duster plane. <laughs> That's what was coming out of Stockton. Yeah. I, I'm laughing because I know because I remember the year before I was taking recruiting trips on that same crop duster. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? you know exactly what I'm talking about. So that's how I end yes, up. Sir. That's how I end up at University of Nevada. And then when I get there, I got a, I got a dude in front of me at starting left tackle. His name is Eric Sanders, and he ended up being a, I don't know a third or fourth round pick to the Detroit Lions. And of course, he was a two time All American and all that. And I'm, wow. I'm I'm standing on the sidelines screaming in Coach Alt's ear, man. I mean. Just not just just relentlessly screaming in his ear. I can't believe you got me on the sideline. <laughs> I said, man, I'm gonna cut. I'm busting at the scene. You want to bust somebody in the mouth? Woo! Man, I mean, hey, so, people who don't know you, people who don't know you, might be surprised at hearing that. But see, I believe every word of it because I know oh you real well, oh my and God. I know how competitive you are. Oh I know I was you wasn't taking no for an answer. Oh no! <laughs> well, like he two-time All-American, he's six-six, two ninety-five. Man, I said, mm. man, I said, you know what, man? I don't care who he is, man. I can do it better. You don't understand. You don't understand right. you got sitting over here, man. I like these dudes up, <laughs> and so. You know, the, what happened was they ended up allowing me, uh, once we was winning a few games, they allowed me to go in and do some mop-up duty. And uh, right. they put they picked me up, uh, put me out there, threw me in a couple of fires with some really good opponents out there. And uh, so I start, uh, started mopping up some of these dudes. And they said, oh, my God, we do got something here. So when he did get drafted and go ahead and went to Detroit, they know they had me. They had me locked in over there at that left tackle spot, and then uh, the rest is history. So that's why I'm in the, the legacy hall of the University of Nevada. Right, because see, I was just about to go over some of those, uh, some of the awards you got there, and some of them I didn't even realize you had. Like I didn't realize that you uh, uh, were a, a, a Division One AA All American. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I knew, oh, yeah. I knew you were all big sky, and I knew you were sec. I knew you had made all big sky twice, and I knew yeah. that you had made it once second team. But I did not know that you uh, were a, a, a Division One AA All American until I just looked at your at your uh, uh, Wikipedia, and I was like, "Whoa! I didn't even know that myself." And that's my dog. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got some, I got some stats, man. It's all good, man. You know, some people gloss over it, but yeah. 
is what it is, bro. I got the thing about you is, like I said, you know, you're not, you are, you've always been confident. You always carried yourself with your shoulders back and your head up. But what I always found cool about you was, was that number one, you're loyal as all get out. If somebody show you love, you show people love back. And, that, and I really respect that because all the stuff and success you had, if somebody ever came to me and said it got to Derek's head, I'm going to smack them in the mouth because I know better than that. Of course. Because I know you. Of course. And you ain't never changed. You're the same guy talking to me right now as the same guy we used to kick it with back in the day. <laughs> 100. 100%. So nothing's changed. No, now, man. after me, though, you uh, had a little stint with uh, uh, the Las Vegas Express of the USFL. What was that experience like? That was the Los Angeles Express. My bad. My bad. Uh, anything, Los Angeles anything Las Vegas, man, is an, they are the enemy. They, you, you, you are talking about the enemy, bro. You sleeping with the enemy right there, bro. Don't, don't you ever say Las Vegas to me. <laughs> My bad, brother. We, we, we interstate rivalries, bro. We interstate rivalries. We interstate rivalries. You know, you know, uh, 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 don't talk to me about Las Vegas unless we going down. Unless we going down and have a good time. But uh, that, that now we can talk about it. But uh, <laughs> ooh, no. And, <laughs> but no, I ended up uh, playing two years with the uh, LA Express and uh, Los Angeles Express down there with uh, Steve Young, uh, uh, Gary Zimmerman, and uh, man. We had a dude named uh, Lee on def at defensive end that spent about uh, eight to ten years down in San Diego. That was a all-pro defensive end, and uh, wow. it's a whole bunch of us that crossed over from from the USFL to the NFL, and man had long careers, man. And uh, I was one of them. Well, mm -hmm. Explain to the people the the whole startup thing because the USFL was basically just the startup. And so, what was that like in terms of like? Because I don't want you, you got to compare it to what it was like to the NFL, and of course it wasn't the same. But point out some of the differences that you caught when you were with them before you ended up going to the NFL. Well, um, the USFL had just started up in '82 and '83. Uh, right. It was really really taken off in '83, and um, that's when. Trump and all the other expansion teams came aboard, even the LA Express. So, um, you know, from that point on, the uh, from 83 on, the guys are getting paid uh, uh, substantially more in the USFL than the NFL players. Meaning, okay, you got a guy in the NFL making $10,000 per season, $20,000 per season. Now you got the guys in the USFL making $100,000, $250,000 per season. Wow. And they're on the, you know, on the rosters. And it was a big deal. So, um, you know, by the time I got around to coming out in 84, you know, uh, you know, million uh, million dollar contracts was given out to guys like like uh, Steve Young and uh, you know, my, uh, like myself. I had a I had a deal. Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker got paid. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. getting paid, yeah. bro. Yeah. So. Hey, that brother got he got a king's ransom. Of course, <laughs> but I just want to want to show you that uh, uh, the difference between if I would have went to the NFL, I uh, I would have got a uh, ten thousand dollar signing bonus with a um, with a uh, as a second round pick. I was going to get uh, right. uh, I was going to get a. Um, a $50,000 salary at the time. That's an okay. Four. okay. But, uh, you know, right. but by us going to the USFL, this, this allowed four owners to up the salaries. So they had they to up the salaries, bro. Just so they had, had to hang up. up, bro. It's either, <laughs> you know, poop or get off the pot, baby. <laughs> I want you to know. You know how I clean. You see how I cleaned that up, bro. You see that? Did you did you catch that? I cleaned. I said, "Dude, 
You're killing me, man. Killing I cleaned me. that up, man. I, 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 I was born in the barn. Come on, bro. So with that, so with all that, with, uh, yeah. So when, by the time I did come to over to the U.S. Uh, from leaving the USFL in '86 to go to right. St. Louis Cardinals because the St. Louis Cardinals had my rights, and uh, they drafted oh, okay. me in St. Louis with. Uh, 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 Gene Stallings was there uh, from Alabama, and uh, man, yeah. um, so in '84 they drafted me in the supplementary draft in the second round, just to hold, just to hold my rights. So they had my rights when I when they folded, and they had my rights. I said, okay, I know I'm gonna take a pay cut, but it was it's gonna be the 1984 pay cut, like it. You know, with that ten thousand dollar signing bonus and fifty thousand dollar salary, so right. it became, uh, you know, a um, well, what did I end up with? A fifty thousand dollar signing bonus with a one hundred and ten thousand dollars base salary. You see, you see how things okay. have changed. Okay, see, we yeah. we yeah. did that. We <laughs> did that for the for the. You know, right now that sounds like peanuts to these guys that's yeah. making a close to a million dollars a check. You follow oh, me? Boy. But, but, but now <laughs> you're talking about how we set the stage for these guys. Yeah. Well, Steve, and that's a, that's something I'm really glad you, you're talking about because it, the 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 guys. I always have this conversation with guys, and I've had conversations like this with somebody like Oscar Robertson. And Oscar, people don't realize <clears throat> Oscar Robertson set the stage for how these guys get right paid now. Right. And their free agency right. Oscar right. took a hit for that. And the same way Spencer Haywood went took the NBA to court so that he could play at 18 wow. years old. And Ocatch took the hit. So now when you see, you know, Chris Paul and LeBron, they're making 40, 40 million wow. a year. You know, they have they owe those guys some problems. So see, that's why I'm saying to you, you know, guys like you, you guys laid the groundwork for these cats to make this kind of dough. And and when you talk to these youngsters, do they understand that or well it's feel? uh you know, it's funny you say that because um today I was over at the rehab center with my uh, my youngest son and my oldest son is I my oldest son, he doesn't play anymore, but he he, he tore his quad and some little freak accident in the, in the parking lot, taking his taking taking, taking his uh, taking his son to a basketball game. So I got a little baller. I got a little grandson that's a little baller. He's playing the point. But anyway, uh, okay. he tore his quad, so he's in there rehabbing his quad. And then my my uh, my my youngest son, Devon, he's uh, currently is just signed as a Cardinal here with the with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so he's in there just getting some uh, some of his fine tuning done with you know he he had a shoulder that's been bothering him so he gets to get some fine tuning done with that and and uh and then uh and then having some of his other uh pro problematic areas worked on at the rehab center and, and just and, and mainly just getting a workout because most of the gyms in across the country is closed. Yeah, I know. Trust me, my gym has been closed now for over a month. I'm I'm buying. I'm looking to buy equipment now because I can't just man, I, I can't wait too much longer for this to go down. So I just may have to buy some equipment, man. Because I'm I'm not yeah, going, I'm not yeah, going out like yeah, that. Yeah, you trying to you trying to stay slim in the waist and cute in the face? Is that what you trying to do? <laughs> shake your money maker. Go ahead and shake your money maker. <laughs> boy, boy, boy. But anyway, man, these guys. These, now, these, when These guys talking to me about when you were excuse me. I got well. I, I saw. I heard when you talking about the youngsters and stuff. But the other thing I wanted to ask you too was that you made a position change in St. Louis, right? Kind of, sorta. I was still a guard, but uh, we had a bunch. Of, yeah, we, we had a bunch of injuries at center, and and they they started. Uh, they started asking guys who can snap a ball. Can you shotgun? Can you do this? 
Can then then our deep snapper went down. I said, man, y'all need to dig deep and find your deep snapper. I don't do that. I don't do that, and um, I don't like taking them hits <laughs> like that, bro. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you like you like different amounts. You don't like take. <laughs> Not a take. Come on. So they uh they had to go get a long snapper to, for that, and then they found out that I was able to both both uh, play guard or center. So they said, "Wow, let's put this guy at center." So they found they found a way to put me at center, okay. and then um. I played center for quite uh, quite some time, and then um, you know, then I made the uh, alternate for the Pro Bowl at it uh, a few times, and then we got we got a center, right. and then they put me back at guard because we was having problems at one of the guard spots, and uh, they put me back at guard so I can handle uh, help out with LT and uh, Leonard Marshall out there, especially when we went to the Meadowlands uh, to play against a duo. So that's what that's oh boy. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So I I, I made the football with football uh alternate uh, within them as well as as a guard. So I went I wound up I wound up doing that and uh, staying at guard for for a little bit as well from there and then and as well I did the same thing in Orleans after they decided to trade me. They right. trade me uh, for uh, a third round, a fifth round, and Robert Massey is, and some other guy that they just flew on the plane, and as soon as he got off, they cut him. Whatever. It's a life in the wow. NFL, man. But anyway, man, that, that's how that thing went. And, and, and then after I, after I left Nolans, okay. uh, my I was a, became a free agent after my third year Dallas Cowboys picked me up, and uh, uh, man, my first year there, we went to the NFC Championship game, and they 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 all went into the locker room like an old home. I was out there devastated, man. They left me out there on the, sitting on the bench by myself, and then the San Francisco 49ers had their cameraman all slapping, slapping pictures out there of me out there crying like a baby, crying like a baby. That. Was it all my guys that, that ran in that locker room like an old home? See, they ain't and I had just got through playing the game of my life on a broken toe against uh Brian Young. Yeah. Brian Young uh yep. was in now other than Dion, he was the beast yep. over there that you know you gotta pack, you always gotta you gotta uh, point out the baddest dude over there. Well, he he was the beast. He was the beast. Right. <laughs> he was the beast that year. And uh, yeah, I I, I uh, lit into him for the whole night. And 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 then and, and, and Troy and Troy and Troy so interceptions to 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 prime time in the first thirty seconds of the game. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, he did. Come on. <laughs> we spot him 21 points. Now, First 30 seconds of the game, we spot him 21 points. Yeah, you want there was no coming back from that. No, no one back from that, man. <laughs> no, no one comes back from that. No one back from that. Now, I got to ask you this, man. What was it like to play? I watched the game because I was watching it to check you out. But what was it like, man? That super that Super Bowl you were in, man. How was that feeling? Tell me about it, man. Let let the folks know what it's like to be in the biggest game. Of well, Earth, man. I I was uh, I was in awe uh, coming out into the stadium, uh, at Sun Devil Stadium, where I played, uh, you know, countless games there right. uh, prior to to being in this spotlight. Uh, and then I turned around as I was standing on the sideline, uh, taking in the national anthem, and uh, and uh, standing next to uh, standing to next to uh, what's his name, uh, quarterback from the Jets. He had he had that he had that Hall of Fame jacket. Joe Namath standing oh, next Namath. to me with yeah, we had Joe yeah. Namath standing there next to me, Montana, and 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 a few others. 
Wow. And I said, okay, here we go. It was live. Live. And I said, man, I said, man, it's, uh, it's go time because uh, we, I think we just won the, we just won the coin toss and I'm already, I'm already hyped up because it's, it's the Super Bowl. One, I know you. And, but I'm on the kickoff return team, by the way. So I'm, I'm hyped up for a, a second reason to be hyped up. I'm going to light somebody up. I'm about, to, I'm about to light the fires and kick the tires, baby. I'm going to light somebody up. Anyway, Lord. <laughs> anyway, man, that game was, uh, it was, a, you know, it was a, a fantastic game. But because what happened was to this game happening, uh, I think we had our last practice was – I believe on, I think it was Friday. Our last practice was Friday. We had a couple of more walkthroughs on Saturday, but it was just walkthroughs. Saturday, we had shells on uh, Friday, on a Friday, and uh, we was over at the Cardinals facilities, and uh, Coach had had, uh, had had called the 30 minutes, called the practice 30 minutes earlier, so everybody finna hit the town. I see, see y'all got limos all out front. Everybody's finna go have a good time. Uh, I stopped the coach and said, listen, coach, they got, I said, they got about, they got 22 blitzes. We only ran 10 of them. I need to see the other 12 of them. And I, 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 I don't mean now, but right now. Everybody, you know, you got to look at the characters right. around me. I got, uh, I got Dion. He cussing and fussing, and then uh, crazy, crazy Charles Haley. <laughs> done went, he done threw a tantrum and then threw his helmet to the ground. Oh, Nate Newton, he's stomping his feet and storming off. I'm like, oh, I don't give a damn. I, it won't be me to f this up. It won't be me to f this up on Sunday night. It won't be me. Then they said, okay, okay. Since he put it right. like that, line up. Line it up. So coach said, move, whistle. Everybody put their pads yeah. back on. We lined it up and uh we ran those other we ran those other uh 12 plays. We ran those other 12 blitzes, and you know, and I be dang. We burned them on them on those blitzes every time we burned them on the blitz. They burned every one of those yeah. blitzes, and I picked them up. You got to understand that I I I call it's my call to make when I see something. I got to make the call, right? And everybody's relying on me to make the call. And, and Troy, he altered his call on the call that I made. If I see that the safety, if I see see that the right. safety is uh, walking up and he's in the box, I call him out. I said, "Safety up! You hot, hot, hot! You red hot! You on fire, baby!" <laughs> he turns. Uh, Troy turns and looks over at Mike. Slaps himself upside the helmet several times. He lets Michael know that he's hot. Michael know that he got to alter his route. And do a quick slant across the middle, right. and we, we yes, right yes, and right. it's Katie by the door. It's Katie by the door, and now it's a foot race, foot race to the pylon, and you better not get called. You better not get called. That's all I know. You better not get called. <laughs> uh, look, man. Hey, let me tell you, brother. This time went fast. I got, I got to bring you on again at another time. Because like I said, man, man, I can do this with you all. Man. man. I can do this with you all. So what we're going to do is at this point, man, I'm going to thank you for being you know, for coming in and doing this on such short notice. I appreciate it. Uh, and we're going to do this again because like I said, man, ain't too many people on this planet I love just kicking it and spending some time with other than me some Derek and Nard, man. Appreciate you, man. Love you, man. Hey, I, I love you to death. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Uh, folks, that's the Simmons on Sports uh, Podcast radio show. 
Uh, tune in uh, next week at 7 o'clock. Thank you so much. DK, All right, catch on the next one, brother. Much love. All right, man. Bye-bye. All right, brother.